Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. Happy New Year, amigas. I can't believe it. 2024 is here with us. Isn't that incredible? Oh, my Lord. And so in the spirit of the new year, I wanted to express my gratitude for all of you tuning in every week and sending me these amazing, amazing text messages, referrals, responses to my posts, all the things, amigas, because it's in that that I get to learn and know what is what you guys want to hear. You know what I mean? So in 2024, I wanted to set you up with greatness and bring back two episodes that I feel that are very, very much in tune and in alignment for this year. And that's basically figuring out what is important in your life and who is deserving of all the things that you are leaving behind so that your family, your loved ones can be supported in the future. And what I mean by that is that we have an episode here about estate planning. And so amigas, that's what we get to do. We get to plan our estates so that we get to unleash our truest, truest potential in everything that we do. And one of the ways to protect what we have done is in estate planning. So I really wanted you to go back and listen to this episode to be reminded that we get to protect what we have made in our lives. And in doing that, we also get to travel and travel smartly in this new 2024. So we get to also talk about how we can travel without really having much of an expense. And so I leave you with these two episodes so that you are reminded that not only do we get to travel, but we also get to protect our assets. And so in this new year, we do a lot of traveling and we also 
get to protect everything that we own and whatever we leave behind to our loved ones. So amigas, without further ado, Happy New Year. Hello, 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 amigas. Welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. I am excited because I have my dear friend from my B&I days, and her name is Liz Apodaca, and she has a law firm that is called My Attorney LA, and she brings the aloha spirit to her practice, and so I wanted to bring her in here because I know a lot of Amigas out there probably own homes, but don't have an estate plan. So this episode is for you, Amiga, so you can handle your shit, your finances with with wealth planning. It's super important because if you do not have everything done correctly, guess what? The government will do its job because it does very well in dictating what is for you and what's for them because they like to get a piece of their cut. So Liz Apodaca is the owner and chief legal counsel at My Attorney LA, where she specializes in estate planning, probate, and related areas of practice. She is a Whittier native. She went to high school at St. Paul High School in Whittier. And and Liz also, she attended the California State University Chico, where she earned her BA in international relations. And she's always filled with a sense of wanderlust. Liz decided that she'd like to experience the island life in Hawaii. She went to work for one of the Hawaii's premier hotel chains before she was accepted to the University of Hawaii's School of Law on in Oahu. Upon earning her JD with honors in 2001, she worked at two Hawaii's prominent law firms practicing commercial litigation while raising her two young daughters. Liz is not only, you know, her spirit is with the aloha vibe, but she's also a really wonderful, kind human who you would need in this type of circumstance. Because sometimes when we talk about our legacy, that also includes the inevitable, which is death, right? Two things you can't escape here in America, uh, taxes and death. So talking about it, you need someone who is very compassionate to guide you through your assets and um, hold space for you. So without further ado, this is Liz Apodaca. Welcome, 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 Liz, to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Hi, Jackie. I'm so excited to be here as well. And that was just awesome, all the things you were saying right now. As I was looking through your bio, and I know some of it because we've had many conversations, but I know amigas out there who don't know you that, you know, who maybe don't even know about Whittier, California, because, you know, this podcast is international. So, but the thing that draws me to you is that you're easy spirit, your aloha style that you bring to what you do. And I bet that was purposeful in bringing it over here to the city of Whittier, correct? I think so. I mean, you know, it's just now just a part of me and it really fits in with who I am, just the the mellowness and 
the community because, you know, remember Hawaii is an island. And so the community is within itself. People in Hawaii don't honk when they're cut off. Truly, they try not to cut other cars off, but, you know, driving happens. So people don't honk because you don't know that could be your best friend's auntie driving that car. It's just such a small little community. And that's how we have to think about living our own lives is that we're part of a community. And so whatever we do affects other people. You know, there's the the butterfly fluttering, you know, analogy. There's, There's just like so many ways of putting it. And for me, the way of putting it is living aloha. You live to interact with others around you and for the common good and for, you know, the best. And so how I use that to approach what I do in my business is to just try to make the most common sense solution for the client that's sitting in front of me. You know, we don't have to go like over fancy with whatever they need. We don't have to like have the highest price for people to pay just because, you know, hey, I'm a lawyer. It's about, you know, what works best for that individual person and that individual family. And so that's what I feel is being part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. And you leaving litigation in Hawaii, which is interesting because there's the paradox, right? Hawaii is about hang loose. Everything's easy peasy flow. And you're working for a firm that is completely the opposite of that. So my take from this is that you definitely said, "Uh uh-uh, I want to bring Hawaii back to my practice. And you decided to do that. So did you immediately decide to open up your law firm or did you work for somebody else? Well, I actually did, you know, think about working for someone else, but I already knew when I moved back to uh, Whittier that I was not going to work for another big law firm. You know, the law firms that I worked for in Hawaii were um, the biggest there. They're not big by LA standards. They're probably more medium sized, but you're talking like 50 lawyer law firms. And the culture, although it's a little more mellow, it's still that same kind of model where you've got to like bill your number of hours and work as hard as possible. And when the partner has an assignment that they, you know, where the the client hires us at four in the afternoon on a Friday, when you're about to head out for the weekend and then you have to stay and, you know, because the partner's not going to stay, they're going to hand it off to the closest warm body. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so leave, um, so leave the firm, <laughs> leave by yeah. 4 p.m. Like, so, don't be there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't care like how much money was available. I just did not want to have that kind of lifestyle, especially yeah. when you think about like fighting the traffic. Traffic in Hawaii is bad. I lived close enough to downtown Honolulu that I didn't have to deal with it. But here, you know, I did not want to have to be in a situation where I spent, you know, my life sitting in traffic driving into, you know, downtown to go up an elevator and work in a high rise. I don't need that kind of lifestyle. Don't need those kind of like amenities or, you know, status or whatever it is. We're talking about protecting our assets. And so you and I know that even though we pay taxes, when we purchase the damn house, we pay taxes on the land. And so you think, okay, well, I'm going to gift this to my kids. And lo and behold, there was no estate plan. What happens? Well, that's, you know, that happens a lot. I've seen that a lot. 
course, there's a lot of risk when you give away your property because you don't own it anymore. I mean, I've seen situations where, um, you know, the son that you once trusted now is the owner of the property or daughter, you know, whichever goes both ways. But, you know, if that person gets married or is married already and the spouse decides that they want to move in the house, you know, the parents have no legal standing to prevent that because they no longer own the home. And so that's kind of like the worst case scenario um, where the parents just lose all control and have no rights anymore. Um, I've also seen situations, not necessarily that this happened, but that people were worried about it where they put their children's names on title. And then one of them gets in a really bad car accident. And now they're worried about, oh, they're going to be sued and my house is going to be taken away. And Again, I haven't seen that it, that actually happens because usually there's insurance involved and, you know, right, right. it's kind of rare, but but it could happen, you know, it could happen. And then also, you know, if someone is, if, if the child who receives the home, they get divorced, that spouse may have rights to that home. So you give away all of the control. Right. That's really what you lose. Now, I think what you're getting at too, also, there could end up being a huge tax burden in the long run, because you had mentioned property taxes. Well, that is one type of tax. And there's paperwork, there's law that says that if a child lives in the home and the parent lives in the home and you file the right paperwork, you can keep the the property taxes the same, you know, under the Prop 13 level. But there's also another kind of tax that's a capital gains tax, which you pay to the federal government when the asset is sold. So the gain is measured from the um, date of purchase amount to the ultimate sale. And so in California, I mean, our our property, our real estate has just increased in value. Crazy, right? So amigas out there listening to this episode, it's important to settle your affairs before, you know, you're at, I say settle them as soon as you have assets, start settling them. Because A, you don't want to leave it behind so the government decides what to do with it. Uh, Do you really want your kids to pay more taxes? (laughs) Because that's less money in their pocket. And I'm sure the, you know, wonderful parents, they don't want, they don't want that. So it's important to, you know, do these estate plans early on in, in your life when you start creating your assets and so that you can build your legacy. Now, Since we're talking about certain situations, like I want to, I guess, bring light to the worst estate planning, you know, case that you've had, where not only emotionally taxing for you, but for the family, it was hella crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't think of one where I did the estate plan that was like, you know, a bad situation, right? You know, we, we try to like work it out what's the best for the family, but sometimes, you know, Sometimes the kids want to like make the decisions for the family and that can be a problem. But generally it gets harder when there's mixed blended families. You know, when you have, you know, each parent has children from a different marriage, maybe they have children together, maybe not. But, you know, that's where it can be a little bit dicey because in California we have community property laws. And community property says that each homeowner is, each of the spouses is entitled to half, half of that property. So 
each spouse gets to decide for themselves what they want to do with that half. And sometimes, sometimes it gets a little crazy, you know, and sometimes, and I see this more with the wives, they <laughs> don't trust their husbands to not get married after they're gone. They're like, right. you know, I don't want my husband to remarry and that woman in my bed wearing my slippers. Oh my God. <laughs> we're going to set this up so that, you know, nothing can be changed, which I mean, you know, we, we work it out, but that's their attitude from the beginning is, is he's not going to be single forever. He's going to go out and find somebody else. And, you know, that kind of is true. Men don't like to be alone. alone. I mean, women don't either, but we are a little more independent and yeah. I think stronger in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and also it's easier to get a relationship when you're a guy. Than it is for a woman. Let's just be honest about more that. More picking, huh? Yeah. More to pick from. Yeah. Like they don't really <laughs> discriminate. They're like, okay, young, 20 years younger, who cares? But if they yeah. have, if the if it's the woman, the same age as the guy, 20 years younger for a guy with a 40-year-old, whatever, 20-year-old guy and 40-year-old woman. I mean, that doesn't, according to many people, it doesn't look good. So, you yeah. know, there's all these issues. I mean, yeah. God, there's yeah. so many. It, it happens. happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the children, like, you know, then, I mean, I have seen these probate. Usually the problems are when there's probate, when there's nothing in writing. And I have a lot of horror stories of those. And, you know, I'm just finishing up a probate now where the man had gotten remarried, but the children didn't know that he was legally remarried. They thought she was just a girlfriend. And then so come to find out, like after he dies, she produces the marriage license and they were legally married. And then the woman in this particular case kind of abandoned the man when he was really sick and dying. And she just kind of left him to die, basically. So the children are like very, very frustrated because now there's nothing in writing. And so she's entitled to her share of the estate. And, and she she left him, but came back. Him. For the, for the money. Yes, for the money. And at first they thought, you know, she was going to give it up. But I, it's very rare in my experience where people walk away from money. You know, I mean, it does happen occasionally, but only when there's close relationships. But, you know, from like an ex or like an ex-stepmother, no, that doesn't really happen. And so now I have this, this one particular case that I'm talking about. We're about to close it. So the wife finally said, yes, I'm going to take my share. And then one of the other children, not my client, but another of the children says, well, I'm going to object. I am. This is not right. And, you know, he just kind of like blew up my ear telling me this whole story about how horrible she was. But, you know, that yeah, is but what the law. You, so any tips for us before we wrap this up? You know, like I always ask my guests who come on the on the podcast, like the name of the podcast is Amiga Handle Your Shit. So do you have any tips on how an Amiga can handle her shit? Well, to just get good advice, you know, get advice from the right people, people you trust, not some online thing where you don't have to talk to anybody, you know, because because. Younger people now, they don't want to talk. I mean, my daughters, they don't want to pick up the phone and talk to anybody, right? So they'll just go online and do the chat or whatever. But that is not going to customize it to your particular situation. So if you're going to get advice, make sure it's, well, you know, of course, I'm a lawyer. So I'm going to say you should get it from a licensed professional because professionals are accountable. And, you know, we have our malpractice insurance. 
we are going to be there to fix things if they go wrong, you know, whereas, you know, some, some document preparation or, you know, other, other non-licensed individuals can just tell you whatever they tell you and they're not really allowed to give legal advice, but also like the do-it-yourselfers. And there are a lot of people that maybe are capable of doing that. But if, if you have, I mean, you know, for years I did my tax on my own. I did TurboTax, you know, I admit. But when you have a, a special situation where you want like particular advice, just talk to the right person. Right. And, you know, my services are not like out of the world expensive. My goal is to have like a neighborhood office so that homeowners can just like come to their, you know, like State Farm, right? You have your neighborhood insurance yeah. guy. So you need to have your neighborhood attorney there for you to give you some like real guidance. Right. And right. consultations are free. It's just, you know, that's my advice is to get the right kind of you know, the right kind of advice. Yeah. Whatever it is. Exactly. I mean, I, I see it all the time in immigration where they're talking to notary attorneys, which are, they're not even attorneys. They're just notaries. Yes. Very different notary here in the United States than it is in Mexico. Right. In, In Mexico, they are licensed attorneys who are notaries. And so there's this huge confusion when they come to the States, they think these notaries know the law. No, they do not know the law. They pretend, they think, but they're not. They know they didn't pass the bar, which by the way, it is one of the toughest bars in the entire United States to pass. So I'm just saying, amigas out there, go take advice from a real professional who is licensed and is able to cater to you in the way that you deserve, especially when you're leaving a legacy behind. Yes, because if they screw up, they're not going to fix it. You know, they're, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. That's just, you know, you may not even get a sorry. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Okay, I met this beautiful soul. Her name is Diana Torrey, and I just can't believe that I manifested her. And this is the reason why I'm going to tell you, amigas out there. So Diana Torrey, like she works for the government, and I'm not going to say in what capacity, because, uh, you know, what we're here, we're here to talk about credit cards and what they can do for you. Okay. So here's the reason why I have Diana. So like I was saying, like Diana, I manifested her because I had questions regarding points and points. And I'm like, I see people using points and I'm like, you know, every time I have a credit card, I just don't know what it really helps you with. I mean, I know that there's credit cards that help you in terms of like travel or like gas or whatnot, but it's a bit confusing for me. And so I love that Diana has been doing this work for a while and has done very well. And so that's why she's here with us to talk about what are the winning points, where to go, how to get it done. And I'm excited. So she's here. Diana, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited uh, to do <laughs> this is my first uh, podcast interview. So walk me through it. 
So tell us, okay, see, I love to travel. I love to travel. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be leaving to Las Vegas on Friday. And then next week I'll be in Orlando. And then, and then I'm hoping to uh, book a flight for Labor Day weekend. Um, But here's the thing. We put it on a credit card just to hold space and not use the money. But we are so bad about what are the amazing consequences of using certain credit cards. And so that's what I really want you to talk about because you've been able to cultivate a wonderful life doing vacations on a dime. And I feel like that is, that is freaking unheard of. I'm like right now, airfare is so hella expensive hotels hell of expensive you can't even find rental cars if they if you do they're hella expensive so how is it that you're able to go travel for free like that's unheard of so please 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 explain it to us (laughs) okay i'll tell you so it's not really for free it's just heavily discounted Okay. Okay. So, um, I really like international travel and I think that's where you find the most value with these points, uh, with international travel. Now I've gotten kind of bougie. I call it a bougie on a budget. So I like to fly, I like to fly business class, um, especially when you're flying to South America, 10 hour flights or to Europe, which are 10 hour flights. I, my, uh, I, I literally will not go on a trip if I can't fly business mm. and you can do that with credit cards. I, I just booked a trip. To, to Egypt and I'm flying um, a business class from Mexico City directly to Paris. And then from Paris, I'm going to fly to to Cairo. And that's all in business class, Air France, life flat seats. And it just cost me, you know, a few credit card miles and maybe some taxes, two, $300 in taxes. What? And that was it. Yeah. And on the way back, since I'm going to be in the Middle East, I'm flying back from Doha, Qatar on a direct flight on... Um, Qatar Airways Q Suites. It's a 16 hour flight yes. directly from Doha to LAX. Q Suites, if you, if you Google it, it's amazing. Now that cost me, um, I use British Airways to book that and I only paid a hundred and like $140 in taxes. Oh my for God. That flight. Yeah. Okay. So let's compare. So because of your points, if sure. you had not if you didn't have any points, how much would those flights cost you? So the flight from Mexico City to Paris, I actually just looked it up, $5,400 for that flight. Same flight oh. I'm going on. Oh. And for the flight from uh, Doha, Qatar to LAX, it is $4,600 one way. And I oh got my- it for points and $100. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. And then last... um Two weekends ago, I stayed at this hotel uh, through Hyatt. It's called Alila Maria Beach Resort. Now, I went on Father's Day weekend and I booked it months ago. I didn't even know it was Father's Day weekend. But uh, so that went for $900 a night and I paid $0 for it. I paid 35,000 um, Hyatt points and then I had a, a, a free night certificate from Hyatt for a category seven. I mean, they have, they call it the beach concierge and they, they set up uh, chairs and an umbrella for you on the beach, right in front of their resort. They, I mean, you, you usually what? get that in Mexico. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you should see my faces <laughs> that I'm making. I can't even like, I'm like, what the heck? 
Like, yeah. where have I been? I've been under a fucking rock. Now, what I have found is that, you know, it's like all the places you want to go to, they're all blocked out. You, you, you can't, your, your points are not going to um, allow you to, you know, book those places. Is that true? Or is it just because I'm not elite and you are and you can get them? <laughs> not at all. I've never had an airline status. So it's all about flexibility. If they don't have the availability on the airline for the flights that you want, for those dates, you can just look for another date. Some of the, the airlines will let you view like the whole month and then it'll show you the availability there. Some uh-huh. of them are kind of wonky. They make you go day by day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, like I said, like I'm coming back on a Thursday from, from Qatar. Um, but it's like, I, I would have preferred a Saturday, but right. they didn't have the availability. I said, okay, I'll do it on Thursday so I can fly Q suites. <laughs> so you have to be, you have to be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the dates and the farther in advance that you book, the better chance that you have to actually get the dates that you want. For example, I, I did a solo trip to Peru. Nobody wanted to go with me. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go by myself. So, um, I booked, I booked it actually a year in advance for Memorial weekend uh-huh. to kind of extend out my vacation time. Right, right. And it worked out for me. I, I flew um, directly LAX to Lima, business class, life flat seat on uh, LATAM Airlines, which I think is, I don't know if it's a Peruvian or Colombian airline, but it was, it was great. So in order to accumulate a lot of points, you need to have a lot of credit cards. Is that, am I, is that my understanding? Am I confused about that? No, I think, I think you're right. I mean, but not all at once. Um, in the space, uh, they call it shiny card syndrome. Sometimes people that are new will just apply for one card after the other. You have to be strategic about it because Chase has some of the best credit cards out there for points. And, but they also, they, they tried to minimize a credit, credit card churning is what it's called, right? People would just open an account and then cancel it within a year, mm-hmm. um, just to accumulate the points. So to put a stop to that, Chase has implemented the 524 rule, which means that if, if Jackie has opened five credit cards in the last two years, 24 months, then when you apply, you'll be automatically declined. Declined. Yeah. And okay. that's any, any personal credit card. So, you know, any department store uh, credit card, things like that in the last two years. So okay. that's why I always advise people to, to start with. And you get incentives, don't you? Like um, if you, if you, let's say for instance, like I, I'm going to be like, okay, all right, Diana, I think I'm going to do this chase Sapphire preferred. You send me a link and you get like an affiliation, some well, sort of sure bonus. Yeah, I, I'll get a, a points bonus for the referral, but that's not really why why I um, help people. I really just want to encourage um, people, especially women, especially Latinas. I want everybody to to get out there. I met some women uh, on Saturday. It was oh, it Sunday? Sunday. On yeah. Sunday, and a lot of them were just kind of shocked at, at how much I travel. And I just want to encourage everyone: don't be afraid of the world. You yes. know, there's a lot of good people out there and just ignore the bad ones. It's good and bad. Yeah. I mean, I traveled by myself to Peru and, and the, the thing is that on the road, you meet other people. I mean, 10 years ago, I decided to, to take a trip. Uh, and I was a chicken cause I was brand new. I didn't know what I was doing. So I took a trip to Guatemala. I went with a, like a, like a tour agency called Intrepid Travel, Intrepid with an I. Yeah. And so I traveled with them. They had, they had a sale for Guatemala and I said, okay. So I, you know, I paid cash. I went on this 10 day trip and on this 10 day trip, 
I met these really cool girls from Canada. Shout out to Kate from Toronto. And <laughs> so Kate, Kate became my travel wife. So the nice. following year, uh, we all went to Nicaragua. I just on an independent trip and, and we've been traveling together ever since. And, um, on my solo trip to Peru, I met a girl from, from Reno. Uh, shout out to Minnie and Reno. <laughs> shout out, shout, <laughs> shout out. out, shout out. I met, uh, I was there by myself and I met Minnie from, from Reno and, and we, we've been traveling together also. I mean, I, last month we went to two concerts in one weekend <laughs> together. Nice. I, I stayed at Hyatt with my, uh, with my points. My Canadian friend came over and we did a, a California road trip staying at Hyatt's the whole way. And oh just, my gosh. just, it's, it's, you guys can do it. Well, I'm super glad you're here with us. And I always ask my guests um, if you could provide one or two tips on how an Amiga can handle her shit. So what would you say? Well, I would say just get your shit together and get out there. Just get out there. Number one, just stop making excuses and make it happen. Yeah. Just make it happen. And just, I I don't think the Latinas give each other, uh, give, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We deal with so much adversity just in everyday life, just being women, being Latinas, and sometimes in a new country with, you know, parents from other countries that don't have the same, you know, knowledge as, as, as the natives do. It's, you know, you can do it. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, instead of two, I'm just going to give you one. Just get out there. Get out there. Make it happen. Find a way. Find a way. Handle your shit, girl. Yeah, handle your shit. <laughs> well, I love it. Yes. Get out there. Handle it. And um, you can definitely go uh, follow my my beautiful friend, Diana, here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.